Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for uh, Sunday, April um, 19th, Bicycle Day, I think, um, 2020, uh, week uh, six or seven of the shelter-in-place quarantine for coronavirus, COVID-19, and um, yeah, another week. Uh, this week was better than last week, not as good as two weeks ago, but who really cares? I feel like everyone probably has their own ebbs and flows and ups and downs. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the weather's getting nicer, which helps with mood. Um, it helps with stepping outside for a few minutes. Um, it helps with getting up early to go running. It doesn't help with the crowds on a weekend in the middle of the day. Um, yeah, today Oliver insisted on going for a very short bike ride, um, which he he's not a good bike bicyclist. We haven't really done much bicycle riding, so out of nowhere he wanted to go do it on his little training wheel bike. So unfortunately it was like at 2.30 in the afternoon and it was 62 degrees and sunny and we went around the block and it was like pretty crowded, I'd say. And it was kind of annoying that a lot of people didn't really move or get out of the way. And, you know, we would like get off the bike and try and go to the side. And it was the first time I'd been outside past, you know, 8 a.m. in a long time. And I realized that the people that are out very early like I am are kind of different in the sense that like, we're we're getting our running or whatever in dog walking done, avoiding people. You know, it's kind of like a you know a nod and everything, and people move into the street. But at two o'clock on a on a on a nice gorgeous sunny Sunday afternoon, I think the attitude. If you're already outside, then you're kind of, of like you're less you're less um, sort of like strict about it. Your mind is just naturally more like. Ah, we're just going for a nice walk, which was kind of annoying. Um, I really wanted him to go around the block because he has not wanted to leave at all, um, even to like go out into the front sidewalk. And um, yeah, I wanted him to go ride his bike, but I, I wish he'd suggested it at 9 a.m. or at 7.30 p.m. So it was kind of, um, kind of weird and kind of annoying. Um, most people were wearing masks. A couple of people weren't. Um, which was surprising to me. Um, but anyway, it's funny to see how even in my my little like my little universe of when I go outside, how I've changed my like I still think it's okay to not wear a mask if you're running and there is literally no one else around you, which is what it's like when I run in at like when I leave the apartment at six thirty AM. But um more and more I've seen the other runners at that at that hour wearing masks and now I've just been guilted into like all right I'm going to wear a mask even if I see no runner for the next you know 5 blocks down um and like today I went running in Red Hook which is you know as I've said before is like the empty it's the emptiest possible route around here and um I just kept the mask on because I just didn't want to be surprised by someone coming down a side street and then I have to pull the mask up and 
I don't yet have one of those convenient masks that everyone's kind of making for themselves or buying. I just use a, I have a, I do have a serious mask for like stores, and then I wear a bandana over it. But um, I just have a bandana for when I run, um, which is not easy to easily move up and down. Um, you kind of have to stop and, you know, tie the back or loosen the back or do something. So now I just keep it on, even when I'm running that early in the morning and I encounter no one, at least I feel like it's not something I have to worry about in terms of like, oh, I'm going to have to pull the mask up quickly if somebody appears out of nowhere. Um, now it's just like, it's done. I don't have to worry about it. Uh, but anyway, so so yeah, I don't think I'm going to be going outside at 2.30 in the afternoon on a, on a sunny weekend day anymore. That was um, that was annoying and stressful and kind of kind of stunk. Um, anyway. Well, let's see. Yeah, uh, I read a disturbing tweet actually from Jason Gay from the Wall Street Journal, who I, I know lives in this neighborhood in like Cobble Hill, Carroll Gardens. And he pointed to a Wall Street Journal article I had not yet read, which, was, which states that of every nursing home in New York State, uh, there's one that has had more deaths than any other, and that is the Cobble Hill Health Center, which is right here in the neighborhood on Henry Street. Henry and like um, Veranda Place, Congress Warren. And um, that is the nursing home where we have, um, I guess you would call it volunteered um, in the past. We we adopted a senior there a few years ago. And so for a few years, we were visiting the senior, Oliver and me, sometimes Julie, but mostly Oliver and me, and um, we haven't gone in the last, uh, I'd say probably five or six months because Oliver just started to really not want to go. And it was not good to go in there and have him kind of be screaming and saying, I don't want to be here. So we just, I just had to stop taking him. And we were going to go again at some point. But the other thing is we don't know personally this, this um, woman that was our grandparent, um, we just like so. I don't know if we would have been reached out if anything happened, but anyway, fifty-five people have now died in this nursing home uh, as a result of coronavirus, and and I wonder if um, our grandparent is one of those. Um, I don't know, and I don't feel like calling them and bothering them about it because uh, that's the last thing they need. So I <laughs> I don't know. But it's it's weird. I I saw in the article that it said that like this nursing home had twice the rate of um, like violation inspection violations. That is twice the normal rate, and I guess I could see it. It was not a pleasant place. Like the nursing home that my dad is in in Cincinnati is is nice, pretty new construction. You know, it's like one of those you know one floor nice places that are built way out in the suburbs. Um, this place is, um, you know, it's an old, beautiful building, um, from this, you know, this neighborhood is beautiful. It's like a typical old, probably hundred year old building. And, um, but inside it's very, very institutional, especially up on that floor, um, on the fifth floor of the nursing home floor. It's, um, it's, it is, uh, the air is, you know, kind of stale and not moving and, um, there is, yeah, it's not very pleasant. They have a nice view. The, they, they're usually all hanging out in you know the common room, and um, 
it's interesting. I I hadn't really been in a nursing home until we started volu- going to this place, and now that my dad is one in one, I sort of see like the differences um, because in a newer building, that common room is a lot nicer. It kind of looks like the lobby of a hotel, you know, like where there's a TV on and various couches and you spread out and in single seats and that's what it's like in my dad's home and in this place the the common room is sort of like a white it's like a small a very small like dining room in a in a school like it's um kind of brightly lit white floor they had a TV on that was on super loud of course um really nice view of of lower manhattan uh which is what Oliver always liked the best about going to visit but um yeah so i wonder if um yeah i just i wonder how our our person is there anyway um so that was that sucked to read about let's see we've had a uh, I, I went to the fruit stand that's been my big my big outing this week was i went to the fruit stand on friday and it's a small little fruit and vegetable stand and there's no i don't there's they say five people or less in the store and I'm, I don't know if that includes the staff, which is there's usually three or four. I'm guessing it doesn't. Five is too many for that tiny place, but I don't know how they would do it unless they let one person in at a time, um, this tiny little place. And I just go in and try to go at an off-peak time and just know that it is what it is. I have my gloves on, mask, and I go get my stuff, and I pay, and I leave. But that was my one commercial outing. Tomorrow or Tuesday, I will probably need coffee, and I will... Pr- probably go after I run, I'll like wear gloves and then I'll go to either D'Amico or East One and buy a bag of coffee. Um, so yeah, my big outing this week was to the fruit stand. and um, But the running is going well. I'm up to four miles at least now, which is, it's crazy. Like six weeks ago, I was huffing and puffing to two and a half miles and now I run four miles easily all the time. Um, yeah, the the one the pos, the positive I'm taking out of this whole thing is just like somehow my like fitness level has gone up, um, which is I'll I'll take. Um, so yeah, the fruit stand. Let's see. Moving on to well, oh, we had a school was off basically, even though technically it wasn't spring break because it was canceled. But our school was basically said just have an unplugged week, meaning you're essentially on spring break and. That was nice. It was a relief because I've been very busy at work and it's been a relief to not be a part-time teacher in the morning um, and not be stressed about just you know having to check back and forth between two screens and all this stuff. But school starts again tomorrow and I am excited about it just for the structure of it for Oliver. Um, and I'm excited to hopefully get into a groove again and... I guess it's there's like well there's two more months of school. The last two weeks of school are usually a pretty <laughs> not too much academically happens. I'll be curious to see how it goes when we get to early June. But anyway, um, and there's all the summer camps are canceling, which is to be expected. And now we have to figure out like we had set aside flexible spending for um, childcare stuff, which summer camps count as that. And now we're not going to need it because there's going to be no camps to spend this flexible amount on. So I need to email HR and just see if there's any way I can stop the spend or I don't know, do something, stop it going out of my checking account. Uh, 
we think that that's been addressed by the government somehow already. That it's like they're like, yeah, okay, you you can you don't have to like commit to it if you already committed. But um, I get I gotta look into that. Um, so let's see. Moving on to books, I have I'm still not I've not read a book this week, so that's embarrassing. Um, I will try again to get back into this Brian Green book. Um, I've just been reading like long reads, web articles, you know, crazy tales of our time. Um, I do need to stop doing that because just you know, you're on a screen all the time. I don't want I don't want to be looking at a screen all the time. I do like books, but it's so hard to like turn down, turn off the endless scroll and pick something up, and it's just annoying me that it's such a difficult thing to manage. But it's a good week for music. Um, that Fiona Apple record is great. I'm not, I haven't even finished it. Um, I keep kind of going back and listening to songs again, and I haven't like um, I should have listened to it on one of my runs this weekend. But I've just been listening to The Dead as always, and um, that. 36 from the vault grateful dead podcast but um Fiona Apple record I've not I've never been a fan before I've always admired her but I've never really liked I you know it's just like ah oh, it's not for me but um I get why people love her and this time it's been great cuz this is the first time I've really like viscerally like subjectively absolutely just love it I'm like I love this song you know this is a great song and I'm enjoying listening to it I'm going to keep listening to it the percussion like all of the different sounds the rhythm the beats the drumming the um unusual non-traditional percussion I love it it's so great um great 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 I'm very happy that she's doing that because Obviously, I love that kind of thing, and I love non-traditional percussion and non-traditional deployment of percussion. Um, so anyway, the new Bob Dylan song, I Contain Multitudes, sweet little ballad. I guess this really means that the rumors were true that there's going to be an album coming this year. Um, there's the same like kind of old-timey uh, like. <laughs> old English font was used on this new song, which means that's probably going to be the font on the album. And I don't like that font, but whatever. Um, I generally, I, I haven't, I haven't liked a Bob Dylan co- cover art since. Um, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's slipping my mind. The one he did with Robert Hunter in like 2010 or whatever. Um, that one was good. Modern Times was good. Love and Theft was awesome. Um, Time Out of Mind was a good cover too, actually. He had a good stretch, um, but didn't like Triplicate, didn't like um, Tempest, anyway. And I don't think I'll, I'll like this art, but I love the songs, and that's what's important. Um, let's see. I guess that's it. Uh, I have no idea what time I started. I have no idea where I am, but um, I was forced to clean up a lot of my books and magazines that are next, next to my bed, because of um rather uh, because of this spring cleaning project and I picked up what I always say is my favorite book when people ask it's Fifth Business by Robertson Davies um, I love the concept of it I feel like as a drummer and also in all of my social settings through life I've always been the fifth business um, fifth business is like a term meaning not the star, not the protagonist, but but like a supporting character who nevertheless is is sort of like crucial to uh, achieving the denouement of a given tale or story or whatever. Um, so I read it in high school, which every high school in Canada basically assigns this book, as they should. Uh, and I picked it up and, oh my gosh, I think I lost the page. But anyway, 
the narrator uh, protagonist of the book, I picked it up and started reading today. And the very first paragraph I read talks about how um, he comes back from, or he's still injured in World War One, and he's like recovering in Switzerland. He's about to come back to Canada, and he is told by a nurse that his parents have passed away uh, as a result of um, the influenza epidemic of 1918, which was a pretty wild page to open up and start reading that very sentence. Anyway, um, yeah, I guess there's something about that book for me and me and that book. Again, it's called, it's called Fifth Business by Robertson Davies. It's like a household famous book in Canada and nowhere else, but Robertson Davies is one of my two or three favorite authors, um, if not my favorite. Um, and the book came out in 1970. And it's uh, about a school teacher who's retiring and he tells the story of his life and his retirement letter to his headmaster and it is a wild, awesome story. Um, first book of a trilogy, but you don't need to read the others, but you should. Anyway, I guess that's it. I'm going to wrap up. I like being on these weekly schedules. Um, stay safe and um, yeah, stay safe. Stay positive. Chin up. Uh, so yeah, this has been the Conrad Life Report. Um, oh wait, I'll say one more thing. I, I did content-wise. I've been watching a lot of those um, videos that bands are like releasing onto YouTube, like remastered things you can watch for free. So I watched Pink Floyd Pulse. I started Genesis Three Sides Live. Uh, I watched some like archived live shows by uh, my neighbor and pal, Tallest Man on Earth, and that was really cool. Um, so yeah, I finally got around to starting to watch these and. I find them very uplifting and fun, and I'm glad people are doing them. And uh, yeah, okay, yeah, here we go, the end. Conrad Life Report, Sunday, April 19th. This was episode 42. Stay safe and talk to you next time.